is God's word. Not Pastor Evans word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, as we take this time to fellowship around your word, we thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. We thank you that you are a good God all the time. We can trust you. We can believe you. We can, we can expect, Father, for your best interest at hand to flow through our lives. I just ask that you will use me as an instrument to speak the oracles of God to your people today. And they won't hear the voice of a man, but they'll hear the voice of God through the spirit of God, by the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We are now on our third lesson for the series that we've entitled Prosperity for the Promise. Say this with me. Say prosperity. For the promise. And in our last lesson, we focused on the principle of tithing and honoring God with the first of our increase. And today's lesson is entitled, and I want you to write this down if you're taking notes, provision for the vision. Say this with me. Say provision for the vision. And the goal of today's message is to help you see that when you make provision for God's house, God will supply the need for your house. And although this lesson is going to probably be shorter than most of my lessons, it will probably be one of the most powerful lessons that I teach. So I want you to find two verses of scripture this morning. I want you to find Malachi chapter 3, Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8. You can write that down and find it. And then the second verse that I want you to find is located in Haggai chapter 1, Haggai chapter 1. That was Malachi chapter 3 and then that was Haggai chapter 1. Uh, one thing that I have noticed, many people are going to view money one of three ways. You can write this down. Either they're going to view money for need, they're going to view money for greed, or they're going to view money for seed. I'm going to say those three again. This is the three perspectives that people are going to have about money. Either they're going to view it for need, say need. And this is where your focus is on getting money so that your needs are met. Now, the bad part about having that mentality is God really didn't design money to meet your need. The Bible says he supplies our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Okay, so really, if money is the supplier of your need, you may always have more, more need than you have money. And so what happens, in fact, I was praying this week for those who were without jobs and God just dropped a nugget in my heart for those of you who may be struggling with, un, with un, unemployment. This is what he said. He said, most of the people who are unemployed at Word of Truth Family Church are unemployed because they want a job to pay their bills. That's not why you should have a job. 
you should want a job so that you can better the kingdom. And your God that owns the kingdom will make sure you have enough money to meet your needs. Now watch this. If God supplies all of our need, then I should always be willing to sow some seed. Amen. There is no need in your life that God cannot supply. Amen. So you're going to see it as for need or for greed. This is where your main focus is to get money to get things. Now, there's nothing wrong with things. How many nice, like nice things? Let me see your hand. I do too. I like nice things. I like convenient stuff. But here's the problem. Greed, which means, you can write this down, it's an excessive desire for wealth or possessions. Now, here's the problem with greed. You can write down this scripture. You don't have to turn to it. Proverbs 20, 21 says, an inheritance gained hastily at the beginning will not be blessed at the end. In other words, if you get some money real fast, chances are you're not going to be able to keep that money. Because, see, wealth is not something physical. It's a mindset first. Proverbs 13, 11 says, wealth gained by dishonesty will diminish, but he who gathers by labor will increase. I mean, there's a right way to get some money and there's a wrong way to get some money. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need to get a job. Now look at them again and say, you better calm down. That's what I know. That's what I know. So you can look at it as for need. You can look at it for greed. Or you can look at money as a seed. Everybody say seed. And this is where you and I take part of what God has blessed us with. And we plant it in his kingdom for future financial harvest. Now, are you in Malachi chapter 3? Good. Let's start in verse 8. Very familiar passage of scripture. It says, will a man rob who? Now, I have a question for you this morning. Has anybody in here been robbed before? Let me see. Anybody? Anybody? A lot of hands. Jesus. Okay. Well, now, well, let me ask this. Has anybody in here robbed some people before? Let me see your hand. We got a couple of hands. Got one hand down here. The pastor's wife raising her hand too. No wonder I couldn't find that money that was in my pocket yesterday. (laughs) Security. Now, check this out. The only way to rob somebody is to take something that belongs to them or never return something that they allowed you to borrow. In other words, there are two ways to get robbed. You can either get robbed by, watch this now, taking something that belonged to somebody or never returning something that they allowed you to borrow. Now, I'm going to ask this question again. How many has ever took something that didn't belong to you and didn't give it back? If you didn't raise your hand, I'm praying for you right now. (laughs) Listen to what he's saying. Will a man rob God? That means God can be robbed. So they acted like we do sometimes. How many know sometimes we go dumb? Anybody go dumb? Especially kids. You ever notice kids go dumb when you ask them questions? And then you ask them a question and then they ask you the question back like it's an echo in the room. Did you clean your room? Did what? What? They can sure hear you when you say let's go to the mall on the first try, can't they? 
He says, yet you have robbed me. But they said, how have we robbed you, God? He said, how? In tithes and what? In offerings. So it is possible to rob God. But I'm going to show you something. He says, you are cursed with the curse for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. What's, everybody, what's the first word in that verse? Bring. Everybody say bring. Bring, bring ye all the what? Tides into the what? Into the storehouse. I want you to write this down. The word storehouse means temple or place of worship. Because you never want to give your tithe to somebody who can't bless the rest that you keep. Don't give your mama her, God's tithe because what, what you do when you do that, you curse mama and you. Because the devoted thing belongs to God and he's looking at her as a thief. Okay, I'm going to leave that alone. Okay. I want you to write this down though. I'm going to be nice this morning. I'm going to write this down. Never furnish your house with God's money. I'm going to say that again. Can I rewind that one? Okay, here we go. Never furnish your house with God's money. Notice what God goes on to say. He says, bring, because here's the good part. This is the good part. He says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. And here's the reason why. That there may be meat in my house. The word meat means provision. Say provision. This is the same word meat that is used in Proverbs 31, 15, where it says that the, 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 uh, the, uh, the, what do you call it? What kind of lady? The, the virtuous woman. She rises also while it is yet night and she gives meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. That word meat there is the same thing. In other words, it means provision. Say provision. provision. Now. If you go ahead and read it, he said that there may be meat in my house. And then he says, when we do that, he says, I need you to prove me now. Now, this is one of the only references in the Bible where God is asking you to test him. He says, when you bring your tithe into my storehouse so that my house has meat or provision in it. He says, I want you to then, right then at that point, test me. Every time you come to church on Sunday and you put your tithe and your offering in that bucket, you say at that point, I am testing God to meet all of my needs. When you do that, he goes on to say, he says, test me now. Here where it says, Lord, I'm about to show you something. This is good. If I will not open you the windows. See, many people quote that as window of heaven. I don't just need one window. I want some windows. Because if for some reason this window closed, there's some more windows in the house. And he says, when I bring my tithe in, he says, I am going to open some windows of heaven. And then those windows are going to pour some blessing out. That's what it says. But watch this now. I want you to listen to this because this makes sense. If when I provide for God's house, the windows of heaven open for me and blessings begin to flow, then by default, when I stop providing for God's house, the windows from heaven close and blessings stop. Oh, this is good this morning. This is good. This is good. Y'all thinking this is good, ain't it? Okay, watch this, watch this, watch this. When I tithe, windows open. Now, Windows ain't pouring out money or it'll be raining counterfeit money out of the sky. God is not a counterfeiter. So when he opens windows, opportunities open. 
And so the reason most seasoned people who's been tithing for years have stopped seeing windows open because they're doing it out of habit and tradition now and not out of faith. How do you know when a person is in faith? It's easy because when you're in faith, the same way you got saved by faith, it's the same way you know you're in faith. How did you get saved by faith? It says by grace are you saved through faith. It says confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. So you can tell when you're in faith when what consistently comes out of your mouth. So if you're not consistently walking around saying, Father, I thank you that the windows of heaven are open for my life. Blessings are coming out and I don't even have enough room to receive them. Now, I know you say, well, Pastor, how? let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. See, God can, when, when windows open, they cannot be logically explained. Everybody say years ago. Yes. Let me ask this question. How many has ever, ever in your lifetime received over $100,000 at one time? Let me see your hand. One, two, three, four people, five. Okay, watch this. I've been doing this for 25 years. I was in an auto accident years ago and didn't break a bone, didn't have no surgery, but I had some problems, right? Serious problems, but none of that stuff took place. My pastor at the time didn't even have enough faith for me to believe for a hundred grand. He didn't have faith for it. But that's no problem because it ain't according to his faith, it's according to mine. So you know what I did? I set my faith. I said, Father, I'm, I'm believing that this is going to be a return for me. I mean, the thing got just held up, held up. Every time we get ready to go to court, held up, held up. Every time. I mean, it went on for two and a half years. We never got to court. And finally, I was praying one day and said, Lord, what is the problem? Every time we get ready to go to court, it gets pushed back. He said, Evan, you're not praising me enough. I said, well, what do you mean I'm not praising you enough? And if you read Psalm 67, it says, let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. Then will the earth release her increase. He said, you have not been praising enough for, for the earth to let go of this money. So I had a family meeting. I sat down with Heaven. Heaven was about three at the time. She knew how to talk and she knew how to respond. And I sat down with my wife and I said, the Lord said, we're not praising enough. And the word praise means yada, to lift your hands up. So I said, Heaven, here's what we're going to do. We're going to praise the Lord. So on the way to kindergarten or daycare, I said, Heaven, let's praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. She raised her hand. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Did that for two weeks. Everybody say two weeks. Two weeks. I think it was two weeks. No more than four, but I think it was two weeks. I get a call from my attorney. They settled for $120,000. Now, why am I telling you that? Because that could not logically be explained. The paperwork didn't say that should do that. But somehow God opened a window. And when he opens a window... Nobody can shut the window. Are you all with me? So when I provide for God's house, the windows open. But when I stop, and this is why most people don't consistently see blessings because they'll tithe one time and then they'll stop. Well, all you did, the windows open for about a week and then it closed back down. Bam! <laughs> look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, is he talking about you? Now look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, he might be talking about your mama though. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Okay, if you're visiting, I'm just playing. That's just me, okay? Some of y'all trying to go to sleep on me. That's why I'm saying, you know. Now, go to Haggai. Go to Haggai. I got five minutes here. I got five minutes. Go to Haggai. Haggai is a, a good book in the Bible because 
it, it, it explains why sometimes we can be working and not going nowhere financially. And there is nothing like working your bones off two and three jobs and still can't make your ends meet. Now, believe it or not, there is a time and there's, I believe when you consistently walk with God, you should get to a point in your life where all your needs are met. I mean, all of them are met and really you're just focusing on what you want, not what you need. See, like right now, all of my needs are met. They really are. And most of the wants I have, I probably can't afford them, but I'm just too cheap to go get them. So like one of my wants is an airplane. I want a plane. You know why? Because they don't make planes for 6'4 height people. So when I get in one, all of them are on my knees. And then I have to go through all this trouble with the sitting down and they delay the plane. I don't want to do that. So I just want to have a plane. So that way, if, if one of my leaders, parents get sick or something, it's an emergency situation and they got to get home and they out of state. I say, go, just go to the airplane uh, at the airport and uh, the pilot will take you to your house. Well, that'd be good, won't it? See, that's what I'm talking about right there. See, some of y'all are going, I just don't see that. Well, just keep listening to the tape or uh, the CD after I give it to you, okay? Okay, check this out. Look at Haggai. Now, this is going to be a strong statement, but I want you to receive it. The violation of the principle for providing for God's house should never be justified by the little or the much that I have. I'm going to say it again. I want you to get this. The violation of the principle of us providing for God's house should never be justified by what we don't have. In other words, God is an equal opportunity God. And that's why when he asks us to give to him, everybody has to give the same percent, but we're all giving different amounts. He said, now that's fair, ain't it? Equal sacrifice, different levels of giving. I mean, you may make more money than me. So guess what? My 10% is still to God. The same 10% you got. So even though you may have given more in amount, I still get the blessing that he told you because we both gave the same percent. Watch this now. Watch this. Some believers have made their businesses their window. See, when what you do with your hands becomes your windows, what happens when your hands stop? Remember now, he said, my tithe is what opens up the window. God will open up the window after I tithe, bring my tithe and offering. He opens that window. But if now the average believer make their job the window, man, you'll never have enough. Amen. So here's some things. Listen, hey, God, this is in chapter one. Now, I want to read this in the amplifier. I mean, in the message translation. So you can just listen to it now. It's a lot of reading, but I'm closing right now. Touch your neighbor, say neighbor. He's closing right now. He's closing right now. I know it's a short message. I did it on purpose. But I want to read this in the message translation. I wanted you to turn to it because you can follow me and see it's kind of saying the same thing. But I'm going to show you that at the end, we're going to shout. And then I'm going to proclaim a blessing over you because you're going to see it at the end. Watch this. Hey, God, chapter one. I'm starting in verse one. It says, on the first day of the sixth month of the second year in the reign of King Darius of Persia, God's message was delivered by the prophet Haggai to the governor of Judah. And then there are some other names that I'm not going to read because I don't even understand those names. 
Don't name your kids those names either. <laughs> verse 2, I'm just messing around. It says, verse 2, a message from God of the angel armies, the people procrastinate. They say, this isn't the right time to rebuild my temple, the temple of God. Short, shortly after that, God said more and Hagar spoke it. How is it that it's the right time for you to live in your fine new homes while the home God's temple is in ruins? And then a little later, God the, of the angel armies spoke out again. He says, take a good hard look at your life. Think it over. You have spent a lot of money, but you haven't much to show for it. You keep filling your plates, but you never get filled up. You keep drinking and drinking and drinking, but you're always thirsty. You put on layers of clothes and layers of clothes, but you can't get warm. And then the people who work for you are not even getting anything out of it. Not much. A leaky, rusty, out of bucket. That's what it is. That's why the God of the angel army says, take a good look at your life. Think it over. Then God said, watch this now. Here's what I want you to do, word of truth. Climb into the hills and cut down some timber. Bring it down and rebuild my temple. Do it just for me. Honor me. You have had great ambitions for yourselves, but nothing has come of it. The little you have brought to my temple blew away and there was nothing to it. And why? This is the message that God brings. Because while you ran around, caught up with taking care of your own house, my house was lying in ruin. That's why, because of your stinginess, and so I have given you a dry summer and a skimpy crop. I've matched your fit, your tight-fisted stinginess by decreeing a season of drought, drying up fields and hills, withering gardens and orchids, stunting vegetables and fruit. Nothing, not man, nor woman, nor animal or crop is going to thrive. But then the governor was told, this is what happened. All the people with him listened. They really listened. This is what it says to the voice of their God. When God sent the prophet Haggai to them, they paid attention to him and listening to Haggai. They honored God. And then Haggai said, preach God's message to the people. I'm with you. This is how God says to the people. He got them working on the temple. This happened to be on the 24th day of the sixth month. I'm closing right here. And on the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came to Haggai and says, tell all the people, is there anyone here who saw the temple the way it used to be, all glorious? And what do you see now? Not much, right? So go to work. Yes, get to work. For I am with you, the God of the angels. Put into action the word I covenant with you when you left Egypt. I'm living and breathing among you. Don't be timid. Don't hold back. This is what God says. Before you know it, I will shake up the sky and earth, oceans and fields. I'll shake down all the godless nations. They'll bring bushes of wealth and I will fill this temple with splendor. God says, I own the silver. I own the gold. This temple is going to end up far better than it started. A glorious beginning, but an even more glorious finish, a place in which I will hand out wholeness and holiness and watch this now he goes on to say now think ahead from this date think ahead from when the temple was rebuilding has anything in your fields your vine your fig tree your pomegranates your olive tree failed to flourish from now on you can count on a blessing God said I know that was a lot of reading but here is here's the point he said when you take care of my house I'm gonna take care of yours And I dare you in Jesus' name to obey what I did. 
Because there will be an endless supply of your needs being met when you can trust him. See, some of you all don't have a testimony. You only have a story. And the story is sad because you haven't stood long enough to see God come through for you. But I'm declaring over you today that you're going to trust God and you're going to obey God and you're going to see things open up. You're going to see doors open. You're going to see opportunities flow. You're going to see your your hands flourish. You're going to see your job be promoted. You're going to see your businesses increase because we are going to build God's house. Amen. All right. God bless you. You can stop the tape or the CD.